Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Podcast. Uh, we are here to talk about Xbox and uh, some other bits and bobs, obviously. And uh, today, Mike couldn't make it because his uh, he's got he's moved into a new dungeon and his his roof's not working properly. It's a bit rainy today it's as well. It's a bit rainy, so. yes. Yeah. So we've got a special guest star. Uh, you might remember him from from way back when. Uh, he's I'll give you a few clues. He's orange. He's got extremely white teeth. Uh, he's defiantly metrosexual. It's Rob Taylor. Rob, how you doing? Hello, how you doing? Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back for yeah. a for a one time gig. Uh, Rob's uh, Rob's here for a couple of months uh, before he jets off again somewhere else. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're all uh, Matt's here, obviously as well. So we're all just going to chat a little bit about uh, what's been going on in the office, what we've been playing. Uh, Matt, why don't you kick things off uh, with what Tim? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Ghostbusters yeah. this past week. Um, preview code. We're expecting to get the US retail um, copy in next month for an import review because obviously it's been delayed now on Xbox 360. Sony are publishing it in the UK for PS3. Um, and we don't know. We th- we think it's September it's coming out for us on 360, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think it might it might possibly be a bit bit after that maybe. But um, what do you think of it then? Um, it's all right. Yeah, I think it's a... It is certainly not a, a 90%, an 80% no, game. It's... Unless you're Jem Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing it does very well, I mean, I've played most of the game on preview version. I'm now going to wait till we get the, the import game in and then finish it on there. But um, the thing that strikes me is that it's it's real good use of the license, but it never transcends the license. If you're really invested in the Ghostbusters world, then it takes all the boxes uh, I think it'll be very hard to feel cheated by it if, if you know if you're madly into Ghostbusters. But if you approach it like some people might approach Batman, maybe not from a Batman fan point of view, but just wanting a good game out of it, then they'll perhaps be left a little disappointed that there's not much more besides. Do you think that's a lot to do with the mechanics of the characters more than um, and what their inherent limitations are in, in terms of you know the, the raft of things that Batman can do? And I think we were talking about with Ghostbusters, you kind of you're just basically not not necessarily. It's just. Um, I think the the tools are there. I mean, the thing that struck me playing it is that there there are tools there which are really fun to use, but they're just that's only through experimentation. When I'm not doing all the missions, like they've got a really good physics model in there, but it's never really utilised in the game at all. Aside from me ignoring to bust a few ghosts for a minute or two and playing about with some furniture on the other side of a room, mm. like they haven't realised what elements they need to you know they need to work on they've instead they've gone down this route of um essentially it's just like a shooter you've you you proton pack over heaps all of the time which is you know it's just like reloading a gun in effect so you're uh, busting these ghosts you're holding down the stream so you're shooting them and then reloading like every few seconds but the ghosts themselves just they keep um disappearing and reappearing on the other side of, of rooms and it's just not fun to just run around essentially circle strafing for five minutes trying to get these ghosts their health down so that you can put them in the trap it's just a bit frustrating really especially when your ai teammates kill over dead every few seconds mm. and you have to go and revive them you and uh, you and mike had a good theory about why it was that uh you didn't necessarily feel why all the fight all the i don't call them fights because that doesn't really represent what they are but why all the action set pieces all kind of descend into this sort of a bit of a mess yeah, well, um, I mean, like I was saying, most shooters, it's like it's a lot of, of, of positioning involved. You have to set yourself up in an area where 
maybe behind cover you've got good vantage points in ghostbusters there's none of that every room you walk into is big open area and the ghosts are flying about there's no they're so erratic in their movements that okay it might mirror ghosts in real life if, if ghosts exist you know it's well, the behavior the, the, the you expect the confrontations in the films yeah yeah big rooms kind of well no the thing is if you watch the films because i watched them this past weekend and and all four of them just stand there rooted to the spot and just basically move their mm. arms as they're chasing these once, ghosts once in the films once they sort of tether the ghost that's it that's they, it, they trap yeah. them but in this you're literally running around for minutes at a time circle strafing zapping them and then you've got the the physics model comes into play. So you've got to say the Sedgwick Hotel. It's got that big round ballroom where in the films they meet Slimer. Well, you've got a, a similar encounter in this. And uh, the table is getting zapped and chopped into. And that's quite cool to watch. But then all of this furniture, all of the rubble builds up and it gets stuck under your feet. So you're circle strafing. You're so busy looking up at the ceiling, trying to zap these ghosts that you've actually moved <laughs> all of the rubble around the room and you trapped yourself in the corner and you, you're thinking, why can't I move? Because I'm not on the wall. And you look down, you've got all this crap around your feet. By which point, the ghosts are like, they're coming in at you from the sides and from behind. So they're just killing you. And it's really frustrating sometimes. Are the big confrontations satisfying? Like the Stay Puffed? Uh, no, not really. No, uh, Stay Puffed's in it. Um, you've all seen the screenshots. That's quite early on. That's the second level. And no, it's, it's kind of, he popped up continuously through the level. And then you've got smaller fights with other ghosts throughout. And then there's a big confronta confrontation at the end, which is just like a fixed fight, really. You mm. can't move. You're in a certain position um, and you're just zapping him and, and the bits that he shoots out at you. And it's a bit bit disappointing, really. Mm. Um, there, was some, there are some great tools in there that could be utilised for some awesome boss fights. And I I, I'll be talking about them in the review because, I mean, because it's not out for, for months now for us, I don't want to go and... Yeah. And spoil it for you guys by saying what element, what what tools you do have, um, but there could have been some really interesting boss fights, some very clever tools because you've got more than just a proton stream in this game, and there could have been a few like rock paper scissors type weak ghost weaknesses to each mm. each element. Well, like, but well, the Metal Gear really Solid used. boss fights maybe because you've got your selection of weapons and stuff, you know. Sort of yeah, there's, there's, walls there's, and then there's go, none yeah. of that though. It's yeah. just every boss just seems to be approach you just approach it in the same way. Mm. So. Bit disappointing so far, but we'll see what happens when when the final copy comes out next month. Yeah, I think it's. We were talking about this yesterday, actually. Just how how it makes you realise what uh, what I mean. The Ghost Ghostbusters is a, is a good is a good license. Don't get me wrong; it's a hugely popular license, got a real cult following and that kind of thing. But I, I Rob sort of touched on it. I just wonder whether the actual the the busting is a bit limiting in terms of in terms of creating a game out of it only because like you say in the films once they once they've shot out their proton plasma load load uh they've tethered the ghost that's it they stand yeah. there and they just pull it down into the compartment you know the whatever it's called the compartment um, the the trap trap thing and that's it it's a job done and i think it, making a game out of that and they you sort of mentioned it that later on when i came over and watched you playing some of the later levels mm -hmm. you um you were using a kind of some weaponry that really made use of the the, the yeah. physics engine because up until that point, I thought, what's so impressive about this engine? You know, they 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 were talking quite vociferously online uh, in a couple of places about how they were going to sell this engine to people on the back back of it being such an impressive physics mm -hmm. engine. And up until that point, you'd seen nothing, nothing no. of the physics yeah. engine really, other than a few impressively falling books from a bookcase. Ironically, yeah. all their previews were 
again, it pains to stress just how good this engine was, wasn't it? They were, they were, they were conjuring those thousands of objects out of nowhere. And it's just so underused. I mean, there's this one particular weapon that I've got in mind, which if Valve put it in the next Portal or the next Half-Life Episode 3, it would be amazing. It would be the next gravity gun because mm. it really is so promising. Yeah, it is. And there are a few puzzles involved with this weapon, but you can count them on your fingers. Mm. Like There aren't that many, and they're all <coughs> through the same... They all adopt the same idea. They could have been... This particular weapon could have been used for, for fights in in so many interesting ways but they just never saw the potential for it are there any scares in it I mean no. obviously it's not oh, a horror game no. but, but no jumpy scares but then they're, they're, to be honest there aren't really any laughs in it either, either which is really quite disappointing yeah, I was just thinking, I've recently finished Metal Gear Solid 4 for my sins, and uh, I was thinking about the Be laugh... Be careful, the spoilers. I don't want to... Uh, oh, I've okay. not played it. <laughs> well, there's one bo- boss fight with laughing, a boss called, I think, Laughing Octopus, and I just thought when I was playing it, wow, some of these ideas would be great in the Ghostbusters game, just okay. because it's not kind of... I, can't, I don't want to spoil it if you know. <laughs> but but um, it sounds to me like they've just gone all out blast and they haven't used haven't used their brains, and that's really, really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I mean Tim, I think you got a point saying... Like in the films, they just stand there and bust ghosts. Mm. So maybe they can't expand on that element. But I think they could certainly have built upon the finding the ghosts in the first place. Because yeah. you walk around with a PKE meter. Yeah. But all that is, is in the game, is just finding like hidden objects. You just find something yeah. that glows a bit pink. And then you select it. And then it appears back at your uh, your fire station. Like You collect paintings that are hanging on the wall next time you return there. They, they, they could really have made it a hunt to find these yeah. ghosts it's one of the motifs of next gen gaming though I find that you've, you get these engines and these worlds that offer so many possibilities I think maybe even to see a GTA 4 is quite good it's not you never quite feel that you feel they've taken all the time to build this world they haven't quite yeah. let you explore it or, or do or fulfil its potential to a way and I think that's a theme that's you know almost all next gen games are struggling to, to fulfil yeah so I think it's. I guess we'll see how it unfolds over the past next couple of months. You know, yeah. until it until it releases. I know some of the guys we sit with in the office who are on PS3 mags have been quite a bit more impressed with it than we've yeah, been. Definitely. And I, I don't yeah. know whether that's because <laughs> they've got an exclusive. Because they, yeah, PS it's exclusive on PS3, and they feel that they can't be. No, I, I doubt it. I doubt. I, I think it's just. A, I think. I think if you're like gem in the office with who works obviously works on the mag and the world's biggest ghostbusters fan i mean it's this is going to be so exciting yeah but i think if you can i mean we're all ghostbusters fans here we all love the films but i mean if you take a step back from it yeah it's and that's how that's how i want to approach it i mean i'll probably be doing the review because yeah. i played it so much up until now and you know you need to know how it treats the fans and, and on that point of view it does a really good job like yeah. um there are upgrades but every single upgrade has been thought about um we were recording our round tables uh, a couple of days back and i was talking about how you can unlock a slam dunk move where you tether a ghost and then you slam it straight into the trap mm. and there's explanation for this they um they talk about how the hinges are modified on the trap to widen it so that it will let you slam mm-hmm. a, a ghost in. They haven't just added this random upgrade and say, mm-hmm. oh, it's just, it works just because. There's always a reason for everything in, in the fit. In, I in remember the game. when I interviewed the devs like a year ago, they were talking about that, that they wanted to sort of expand the mythology and not, and, and, and keep it the fan service. And I guess it's, it's good that Gem loves it so much because there is, sometimes fans are so, uh, say Indiana Jones, the latest Indiana Jones mm-hmm. film, that was so sort of poor in certain yeah. respects that even managed to alienate the fans and I guess it's good at least to see that Ghostbusters in that respect yeah, doesn't alienate been, um, the fans they've done a really good treatment of Ghostbusters mm. and I don't think it will disappoint any fans no one will be 
seeing it and saying, no, that's not what happened or, you know, that doesn't fit in because it does feel like the next step for Ghostbusters. It Mm. really does. But it just doesn't go any way beyond that. To someone like me who who enjoys Ghostbusters but doesn't sleep with my Slimer t-shirt at night. That's always a bit funnier as well, the film. Yeah. Ghostbusters 3, the film, because like you say, it's not that many laughs in the game. No. I mean, the the first, the first, the first, obviously the Ghostbusters 1 and 2, the films, it weren't like laugh out loud funny, but like Murray had some good lines in it and there was some other... Uh, and Rick Moranis was funny. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But whereas in this one, I'm not sure. There were a couple of lines that sort of raised a smile when I yeah, was watching them. Yeah, the odd but, smirk, but nothing but, more. Yeah, they're not, not hilarious, that's for, that's for sure. So Rob, uh, you've been off. Uh, you've been off living at home with your parents for a couple of months. Uh, so uh, what? You've been playing games pretty much non-stop, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, um, crikey. Well, this what is, is going to get. This is going to get a little bit off topic. Well, I kicked off with Xbox games. I think I went through Fear Two, which was all right. Resident Evil Five, which was fun because I played it with my bro. Two HDs in this. Two HDs in the same room, system linked. That's the way to play it. Mister Moneybags. Mister Moneybags. <laughs> Uh, that was when nice. he went back to the manor, they had uh, two uh, <laughs> HTDVs. Um, what else have I been playing? Well, ooh, I've been working my way through a lot of old PC games again, as usual. Took the time to uh, finish System Shock 2 the other day for the first time. Which you prefer to Bioshock? Oh, it's so much better. So much better. It, it's a great game because it's had so much fan service over the years. They've done loads of up- texture upgrades and stuff like that. And once you get the no respawning patch, because the original System Shock 2 just threw enemies at you constantly, which right. was... Great for scares, but I don't know, I'm not a respawning man myself. No. And I found even without the respawning patch, there was plenty enough sort of enemies to get stuck into. But the upgrade system and stuff, I mean, if you're familiar with Deus Ex, quite similar. Absolutely fantastic. And the thing I loved about System Shock 2 is that there were so many options and so little nanites that you used to upgrade your um, abilities with that you, you couldn't be... If you were a jack-of-all-trades... Your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, to go down the one route. See, I went down the uh, the sort of techie route, and I never touched any of the psychic stuff. And I'm talking about legitimate replayability, where you could replay that game, and it would be totally different because I'd be ramping up the psychic powers the next time around, playing it totally different. It's so much more intelligent than 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 um, Bioshock, and and that made me sad. Made me think what Bioshock might have been if it had been a PC only title. Um, I don't know. So so food for thought, really. And, and Ken Levine's I can see where he was going with Bioshock, but I don't know. I think I think the hardcore fans are right that the original sort of System Shock games are still better. I suppose that they have to sort of. I suppose with Bioshock they had to sort of console fight a little bit, didn't they? I mean, because you, you could release a game like System Shock again on on PC and people would lap it up. Whereas I don't know, on consoles, I think people gamers are generally a a little bit less forgiving in terms of. Stat crunching. Yeah, in terms, of, in terms of that kind of thing. I mean, so, on consoles, you, you, I know there have been like games that kind of cr- that, that sort of cross pollinate, but you, you tend to have either shooter. You know, you know what we get from a shooter, or you have an RPG. You mm-hmm. know, and like the two, I know Deus Ex has done it all right on on console, but otherwise, people, you know, it doesn't really mix that well. Yeah, I think you got a fair point. I, I'm really torn on this issue. I'm not sure. I. I just feel like Bioshock was a missed opportunity in that respect. I, I can't believe how basic it seems now. Replaying it again, mm. I really like Bioshock, but I must admit personally, and, and Cass gave me for this, I never really thought it was more than an 8 out of 10. Just to me, even though the, the world was so incredible, yeah. I thought everything else felt quite flat to me. Um, I don't want to get that started, though, because it's a, it's a <laughs> real debate, and I know lots and lots of our readers you know, still think Bioshock's the best 
the best thing. Um, what do you think about old Jordan Thomas heading up by a shot too? Um, well, from what, what I've read about it, it, didn't you know? He seems that he seems to have really sort of sort of caught, you know taken the torch from Kennan and seems to be doing doing a good job. You, with you it. I said you said you played thief, didn't you? Did you play Thief? Uh, I have played Thief. I've been playing oh, right. through Deadly Shadows. Oh, no. Yeah. Although, oh, right, funny sorry. enough, ironic enough, that is about fifth on my list to, to play. So, yeah. Because he did the Cradle level in that, Yeah, well, he? Cradle I, is I the level, penultimate yeah. level of the game. So, I, I, I went out and I... Basically, I went over to see Bioshock 2 a month ago now. Yeah. And uh, chatted at length with Jordan Thomas. And um, I, I knew that he'd done the Cradle level. So, I went out and bought it basically the next day. And I'm just working my way through Thief now. Just to get to the cradle level. Well, I read Kieran Gillen's uh, article on Online, the, on the you, cradle yeah. level, which was came out a few years ago in PC Gamer, and I remember booting up the game and just and hacking in and, and going straight to that level. It was absolutely incredible. Kind of ruined the game for myself now. <laughs> yeah. because, but I, it's, enough time has passed for me to have sort of forgotten it slightly, so I'll go back from the start. And of course, Jordan Thomas um, did the Fort Frolic level of the original game as yeah. well. Um, which with Sander Cohen. So, which although is the best, I mean, although Bioshock Two maybe won't address the points that you're saying with System Shot Two, the upgrade paths. I mean, there will be some upgrading. He was saying he wants to add more upgrading elements to it. Yeah, I don't think it will go into the System Shot Two level. But in terms of Rapture, I think it'll evolve in a way towards the Cradle and towards Fort Frolic in, in, in interesting ways, more so than the original. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Bioshock Two. I, I must admit, from the first. I know the, the idea of the little system might not have sounded great straight off the bat, but I think as soon as the, the, the concept art was, was uh, released in those first sort of... Oh, know, the big sister, do you mean? The, the big sister, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Um, it totally won me, won me over. I think it looks great. I'm yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, I sort of got more faith in... I, I got some more faith in it now that we've heard him chat to us like he did in the issue we've uh, just done and kind of hearing more and more from him what his sort of plans are for it and... He's, you've asked him a, a couple of questions in the issue uh, on sale on June uh, June the ninth uh, about um, you know the, like the potential concerns with being a big daddy and that kind of thing. And I think he sort of addressed them quite well and said that you know we're not going to turn it into an escort mission. Yeah. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be that. And what it is going to be is this, and it's going to be this. And every answer he gave, I was like, okay, I can, you know, I'm sort of gradually more because I must say when I said, oh, you're playing as a big daddy, it was like. You think really? <laughs> really, you really want to do that? You look up little sisters. You're like, oh, escort missions. But he came out. I Straight asked him away, the question, yeah. and he said, escort miss- missions. Like we all know their shit. Yeah, we don't want to give you escort missions because yeah. that would be rubbish. So this is what we do. This is how we address it. Yeah. And um, now I've got a lot of confidence in that game, just knowing that he is a man heading it up. Because mm. I mean, his his past levels. Okay, he's been known for doing this one level here and this one level there. But I think his his character when he talks that like he understands what Bioshock is and he doesn't try and break it down into Bioshock is about the plasmids or the little sisters which everybody else that we spoke to did mm. and the, it's just it's it's relieving to know that the man in charge knows that Bioshock is more than that and that he wants to bring all these different elements together in interesting ways and just is he, constantly is he committed to, to sort of. Um, Sort of uh, improving the horror aspect of the game because I, I think I asked, Shot yeah, I asked him terrifying. And, I asked and him that. Um, he said he, he's not interested in games which rely on jump scares that much. So like, Dead Space. Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got, yeah. I've got a, a bit of love for the odd jump scare. He, yeah, he, he said it, that doesn't interest 
interests him as much. He wants to play on the whole psychological horror yeah. side of things more, and he wants to bring a lot of that into it. That's so hard. Which is and that is much harder tough. to do. Yeah, so it's hard tough. to do. Really, in games, uh, in, in in any in any media form, really. I mean, it's you know. Well, we're huge horror fans, all of us. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, how many? How lax are we with films? We watch so many films that are basically pretty crap, but we give it we give it leeway because yeah. it's at least tried, you know what I mean? So yeah. And the amount of films that genuinely inspire genuine psychological horror, you can kind of count on one hand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I think, I think it's especially in, especially in the movie uh, medium, people sometimes confuse psychological horror with like just doing like Silent Hill thinks it's a psychological horror because it introduces nurses with crazy, you know, massive, but that's not psychological horror. You know, that's just, that's almost surreal horror. It's almost like just, you know, just grotesque yeah. horror, you know, whereas psychological horror is something that really kind of has you thinking about stuff, you know, after you've, yeah. it really stays with you and plays on your mind, that kind of thing, I think. And that is much more difficult to get. So it'll be interesting to see whether he actually uh, definitely. manages to capture that kind of, I'd be shocked if there wasn't the odd jump scare. I mean, it's so... Rapture's so conducive to that. Mm. You're walking down yeah. a quiet corridor and the splice bursts out. You're yeah. like, oh, crap! And you're firing mm. your weapon. It, it has to have a few of those. But I think what he's saying is it won't go down the dead space route and every room have a vent that bursts yeah, open yeah, and, yeah. and a splice would jump out. He does, he's not interested in having it jump, 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 jump. He wants to add things that's going to freak you out. I think he means more... not. I think he just means more elements like the Sander Cohen thing, just someone yeah. who's genuinely messed up and you kind of shiver a bit when well, they're you're... The best bits, yeah. They're the best bits in the original when you had like the, the mother talking in the, the, to the pram. Oh, the very start. early on after you or got just, the elevator. Or just the cackling talking to themselves in the shadows. And yeah. the, they're really clever. Um, System Shock 2 did it with ghosts. I'm just trying to think back to Bioshock now. Did that... They did... I remember an, I was going to say I remember an encounter in the toilets. That, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, very early ghost. on, <laughs> extremely early on uh, in Kashmir restaurant. You go into the toilets and you see a ghost of a splicer um, leaning over yeah, a sink. That's right. It's got a bit of that. And um, when you go to, I think it's Mercury Suites, is it? And there are like splicers dancing in an apartment. That's and you've got right. the other apartment where there's just a family sat around a table. They've all committed suicide yeah. and stuff. So you know, I can. Yeah, that's if they if they play on that side of things a bit more than then they could pull it off, but it's still a big ask, I mm. think. Yeah. What else have you been playing then, Rob? Oof, blimey, how long you got? Well, I bought a PlayStation 3. Okay. Um, oh, word. Because I, I wanted to work my way through those sort of PlayStation exclusives that I missed. Um, I'd already finished Uncharted when it came out last year just because I was really, really excited for it. But what did I do? I picked myself up Metal Gear Solid 4, uh, Killzone 2, uh, both Resistance games, uh, Oh, Little Big Planet. Good game, uh, very good game. I. It it can be hard to get into. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a very good game as a tool. And okay. what people have done with it is mind-blowingly amazing. And and I, I love the soundtrack. I mean, the intro where you're running through the level with the designers' yeah. faces. <laughs> God, I just called the entire family into the room and I was just like, they, my mum and dad hate video games. My dad disowned me for being a video game journalist, but I called him in and even he was reasonably interested. <laughs> yeah. But my mum thought it was amazing, and I just think that it, you know. A game that has the power to do that to people that flat out hate games. It's, it's yeah. quite interesting. I love the Resistance games. thought they were really good. Really? I got the first one because I picked up my PS3 at launch and I th it was getting high scores and it was so basic. It's so and, old school and basic. Yeah. As long as you as long as long you understand that straight off the bat and don't expect anything else. But listen, revving around in a Jeep around Cheddar Gorge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow, that was amazing. Um, Metal Gear was... 
spend the entire podcast talking about Metal Gear. I'm not sure what I thought of it. I absolutely loved it, but it's not a game. No. I mean, after the first few hours, it just turns into a cutscene. Um, and Killzone 2 was massively disappointing, yep. but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Because mm. it seemed to get Crazo scores on the at review stage, which I guess was to be expected. I suppose, you know, I suppose it was to be expected. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think it's sort of found its level around about the sort of sevens, maybe eights kind of. I came off it straight off the back of Resistance, and and the whole thing about Killzone is it's it's um, it's weight. You know, you yeah. you really feel like you're mm. con- controlling a man, and it's uh, it takes a while to get used to, but it's, it's quite good. What I always had a problem with is that when you shoot someone in the head, they've got a helmet on and a helmet comes off. And then you have to shoot them again in the head to kill them. I mean, I just think everyone should have stopped what they were doing as soon as Modern Warfare came out and just gone, right, this is how you do it. Yep. That's how you do it, because it feels realistic. Mm. Um, and last, but, but certainly not least, I played through Ico and Shadow of the Colossus for the first times ever. Back-to-back finished them in a couple of days. Two of the best days of my game in life. Absolutely fantastic. Just in time for that Trico trailer to come yeah, out that, and make me if, cry. If Project Trico does show at E3, Oof, that'll be amazing. I'm defecting. Um, not for 360 gamers, sadly. Yeah. But, uh, but Shadow of the Colossus was something special. And Project Tri- well, we're gaming Trico's fans got us over all, here. Got us all really interested. Um, probably worth picking up on Modern Warfare that you mentioned, because Modern Warfare 2 trailer's mm. just been um, unveiled online. Looks interesting. Looks colourful. Yeah, very much so, especially in Rio and yeah. a bit of snow as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks incredible. I just have so much faith in those guys now, you know. Yeah, they'll they'll deliver they'll deliver on that. No, it looks like no there might be innocent civilians as as well in certain. Oh, you're absolutely obsessed with killing no, innocent civilians. No, I'm not. Yesterday I'm you were talking about how you wanted to be a terrorist and blow <laughs> yes, people up. No, I, let me explain this. Let me explain because I think I did it in uh, everybody's talking last issue, mm. which you should have. It. Uh, in your house now um i all i said was it would be good if for one level you played as the bad guy because if you think back to call of duty 4 one thing that always strikes me about infinity ward is that they they're about the only company who really get across to me though the real horrors of war Uh, in call of duty 4 you died twice you got executed and there's that whole while the credits were rolling that whole level you just sit in there been taken on a ride and then you were killed and then later on you died in a nuclear explosion it was you know some horrific horrific scenes and and they weren't the worst parts of that game either in terms of sheer brutality and i just think if you got to play as a bad guy just for one short moment it would be yet another way that infinity war could put across how atrocious war is because that's what they're doing all their games well, they're trying are, to show are the other side of the stories, aren't well, well, they? Well, that's what they need to do for well, the next I think all the their games are step. massive anti-war messages. I mm. really do. Um, like most games, everyone's shouting, F yeah, you know, kill this dude, kill that dude, and really glorifying it. Mm. But they never go down that route. And I just think it would be a great vessel for them just to put across this, this message once more. Just, just for one short moment, and then you'd sit back like you did when you were, when you were killed in the first, in the first Modern Warfare. And just be quite horrified internally almost. Do you, do you think the new settings that they're showing just, just aren't going to lend themselves to the sort of pathos of... Because it was quite depressing like Modern Warfare, wasn't yeah. it? Do you know what I mean? And the whole game was kind of... I, I, just, I can't see that being re- 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 you know, sort of recreated or replicated from, from what I've seen so far. I think... Um, I've got faith that they were. I think they're doing it just because they didn't want to look like they've churned out the same game once yeah. more. Because all war games look the same. They all look grey and brown and... 
I think they just. But the trouble to is, when you've set such an emotional high watermark like you have, like they did with Modern Warfare, and it's so good, and it just gets better and better the more you play it, and the more you think about it, the more you discuss it. Trying to top it is so so hard. I know, but they've got. I mean, I'm really excited by the special forces mode that they're bringing in as well. The the entirely co-op mode. Yeah. Which are, is just like the Mile High Club, set in loads of different little areas. I mean, in the trailer they had um, a video of something that looked like the Rock. That shower scene when they all come mm. up in the showers and they're all getting shot. Mm. It looks exactly like that. That looks really, really interesting. So I think they'll still have those elements. It's just every now and then you will have this odd level which is more colourful. And, mm. and There's absolutely no way they'll pl- let you play as a terrorist. I mean, maybe I'll be proved wrong, but it would just go, it would just create a shitstorm. I just it think it would be nice. It, it would, but I States. think it would be good. Like, not even, maybe they don't even let you shoot. Like in. Um, the first Metal Gear Solid, where you you've got uh, your rocket launch right at the end, and then you've got the Grey Fox, is it? Mm. And it's like kill him, and you pl- press the trigger button, and it won't let you. Maybe they'll do it that way. You're you're going through with these other terrorists as this stuff's happening. Modern Warfare One wasn't sympathetic at all, was it, to the terrorists? Though I mean, you say you, you're right that it was anti-war, so I think that flies in the face of, of maybe unless they can diplomatically handle it. I think Tim is right that you just won't see No, it. I don't want it to be sympathetic towards them. I just want you to... Mm. Sit, I don't want you to see it through their eyes. I want you to just, just be thinking, horrified by, by the their actions. I just the looks of the bad guy in Modern Warfare. It was like... Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> I, I was also just, just, just pulling it back a bit. I was thinking about the reaction to the announcement of the, um, the Ballad of, uh, of Gay Tony from... Um, for GTA, the, the new downloadable episode mm. that's been announced. Have you seen, not on all forums, obviously, and we obviously there's you know, a lot of intelligent, rational human beings who are also gamers, but there's also, <laughs> I was going to say the Americans, that's not true. There's also a lot, there's also a minority of, of, of idiots and, and some of the reactions on some of certain news sites to, they haven't even looked past the title that you're not playing yeah. as gay Tony. Mm. They've gone absolutely mental. Well, uh, six days in... Fallujah, as yeah. I called it in the office. Everyone's <laughs> oh. uh, in Fallujah has been um, well Canned. put on hold because yeah. there was a massive outcry. So I think it's very unlikely. I, d- I, d- I just want to make it clear. The only reason I've said this is because in that very first trailer, which was the oscilloscope, it just looked like you were yeah. in the lift as one of the bad guys as they stormed out into the airport. And I just thought it would be cool if they extrapolated that and just did it in a way... That is again yet another one of their anti-war vibes, and just made you sit back. Once Can you more imagine and just having to gun horrified. down civilians as a terrorist? Yeah, I, I think I think I, I understand what you're saying. I think it's like it, it would be an interesting. Spin yeah, I, on I'm it. not. I'm not saying oh, I want to. I want to do yeah, that. So inter- interesting spin on it in a way to to I guess get inside the psyche of these nut nut jobs, but. I just think it would create a total shitstorm in the States and elsewhere, actually, but particularly in the States, how that would play out and who needs that hassle? You know, I mean, you know, like, I I agree. I think there's a certain degree of kind of uh, anti-war messaging at the heart of uh, Call of Duty 4, but I think that um, for most people on the surface, especially in the States, you know, where this sort of thing plays out very well, I think people see it as, as very much like a very patriotic kind of game almost, you know, where they can go in and they can do like a lot of war games. So I think to flip it on its head, I think would be would be a really in- interesting um, new direction, but I think it would be extra hassle that uh, mm. the Infinity War don't need because they're already at the top of their game. They've already got a stellar yeah. reputation. Uh, as a final word on this, I, I think that also it's a wider question that gaming isn't quite mature enough as a medium yet Yeah, no, uh, you're to, right. to handle it. I think you've got like shows like 
another thing I've been I've been caning the wire since I got home. Just got into it. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I just like the way that you can sort of see two sides, and you know, there's not always but it's the you know the shades of grey, all that kind of stuff. I just don't think gaming's quite mature enough to handle that. And even if you look at shows like The Wire, they're quite marginalised yeah. in the US because yeah. the, the wider audience is much more interested in CSI. Do you know what I mean? Something a little <laughs> bit more, absolutely. something a little bit more black and white. The, the, with the goodies or the baddies but it's a great idea man yeah so you've been enjoying the wire then taylor yeah loving the wire yeah really really good ha- can't get hold of season three for loving all money at the moment well, i'll though. lend it to you when i've finished yeah i know i'm really looking forward to it so i've started generation kill in the uh, in the meantime yeah which looks absolutely awesome pellet's still going through it pellet's uh, uh brilliant in the office because you <laughs> you watch a tv show that he also watches but unfortunately he's always about two or three seasons behind well, I don't you have Sky anymore, so you so can't you can't discuss anything in the office tim is also i mean up-to-date tv watching machine the man just the man plays through seasons as if they're half hour episodes i mean it's impossible to catch up with him on anything I know, I know. and if you've got slightly varying tastes he's gone again he's, he's stretched into the distance one minute you're on season two and then you might Say, I, I got the thing is though a week ago like uh, PSM3 we were talking about the end of Lost the, the latest season of Lost right. and Tim's like la 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 I don't want to know don't want to know <laughs> as soon the weekend he, he watches it and then he comes in like, right I'm talking about Lost really loud <laughs> no, and, then when I, and then when I say look I've not seen it I get grief I've only just seen, started season four four of Lost are we on five now five is just finished ah yeah. see I'm way behind on that the problem is, Pellet, is that you're is that uh, you're just uh, you're always behind, always <laughs> you're always playing catch up, so you can't talk about anything. It's like, yeah, I've seen the la- I've seen finally seen the finale of Lost. Let's talk about it. Let's don't discuss forget, it. And then Pellet's like, la la la, don't talk to me. Don't, don't, don't forget, Matt's me. also busy finishing every video game that's ever oh, that's come out ever. So, yeah. so he's got there's not enough hours in the day for him. No, so I not. came in. I've like, been uh, caning my way through the latest season twenty four. I, I came do apologise. I'm a huge twenty four fan. I always try and be up to date, but. Because I've not got Sky, I have to wait for the DVD to come out. I was just like, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Oh, what, guess what happened? And he's like, no, 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 speak to me about it. I haven't seen any of it. So we can't even talk about that either. When he was like that with Metal Gear earlier on the podcast. I was, yeah, I, was like I know. That. Ruining he it for the readers. I'm about to give this, you know, it's interesting. I got Metal Gear on their release and I still haven't. I'm holding off for E3 though, seeing if it. And you know what your worst crime was this morning as well? Was like, let's talk about 24 season 7. I can't. I wasn't. I was watching something else last night. What was that? I was watching Angel. Oh, oh well, that's there's nothing, there's nothing to we're say wa- about that. We're watching there? the Buffy and Angel box set. Don't, Just don't have a go sort your life out, Pellet. Sort your life out. So is E3 next week? What are we yes. expecting from E3? Bearing in mind, we'll probably get caught out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Microsoft's uh, motion controller? Maybe. Well, that Monkey Island... Uh, release on Xbox Live. I mean, otherwise, it's going to be. Well a, with how can you play it? You can't play a point and click with a pad. It's in, it's it's it, impossible. It's isn't it? It's not in, it's not impossible, but it's just cumbersome. Mm. Um, yeah, you you would think so. Um, conviction. Not the old school. The the old school point and clicks. You can't play with a pad. You just couldn't. I mean, you could play the new ones because they're much more. Oh look, this is more highlight. Well, but there's the one on community games, which just like the old LucasArts games, has the old pick up, talk to, give, take, right. all that. And it's just the analog stick moves the cursor and it's so cumbersome to play it. So it's doable, but it's just Fair laughable at the same time. Um, you, so you mentioned Splinter Cell? Yeah, Splinter Cell yeah. will be there. Almost, yeah. Certainly. It'd be, be quite interesting to see where they've taken Splinter Cell. I'm, I've, I'm not expecting much looks-wise, but I'm expecting a quite a yeah, good game. There's, mm. I don't know, because... When we went out and saw it, oh man, when it was, was that, 15, 16 months ago? Before I started, ago? so it was 
two years ago. Yeah, Blimey. Two, two years years. ago we, more we than two years ago, in fact. It was still running off Unreal yeah, two. 2. Yeah, it was a modified version of the Unreal 2 engine. Now, whether they've updated it um, is one thing. Whether it's mm. still this kind of born meets sort of Hitman-y kind of feel where you're sort of trying to um, uh, melt away into crowds and, you know... I mean, the, uh, the pre-like trip video we got to see where uh, when we went out to Ubisoft where he was like doing Jason Bourne stuff to people in the but it was just ridiculous I yeah. mean they, they reckon that was a um, an indication of how it would look I mean it no looked nothing like that as good as that um, so it'll be interesting to see I'm not yeah like, like Rob said I'm not I'm not expecting to be blown away visually but I think it would would it, I'm hoping for good things from in terms of how it plays. It's an enormous franchise. I mean, they, yeah. they can't cock it up. I mean, no. Double Agent was a bit... Yeah, I mean, Double Agent was still solid, but it just wasn't anywhere near as the good as what The thing they've got to worry before. about now, if they do evolve the series into something where you're melting to crowds and stuff, they've already got Assassin's Creed 2, which mm. is doing that job as well. So they've got to be... There's still got to be a lot of um, yeah. elements that are... are at court, splinter cell yeah. elements, and if you bring it out into the open, where you you are just another average Joe and you're hiding between people, You've never been average Joe without beard, Matt. That's that's. I wonder whether that's one of the reasons that it was pulled back into development. It's because they also had Assassin's Creed, and they saw that that could be yeah. taken in that direction. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. But um, then Assassin's Creed, obviously, which we're hoping to see more of at E3, needs to improve. I know you're. I know you're a big I know, passionate I'm a defender big of fan, Assassins, but. but um, Again, I think it's another game where they had so many brilliant ideas in a world. Well, everything that they're saying about Assassin's Creed Two is right. Yeah. I mean, they are. They have like, a lot of people flagged up issues. I mean, even I mean, even I can sit back and accept that there were elements that were disappointing with Assassin's Creed. I just have to think overall, it was so compelling that a lot of the, the world's problems were, were forgivable. But um, and visually, saying, it was amazing as yeah. well. So maybe they'll use the. Um some of the assassins I'm, tech for Spencer. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will. I'd be shocked if not, because I mean, there's so much wiggle room there to mm. get. When's the release date for Spencer? Summer? Well, they're talking about this year, but I wouldn't be. <laughs> haven't seen anything. I wouldn't there. be surprised if it dropped back yeah. into early 2010, which, by we the way, eight, is what we predicted a year ago. About so. a year ago, and Ubisoft absolutely had a fit at us um, for. Uh, yeah, the next day Ubisoft came out and said, categorically, no way, that's not happening." It was the week before. Oh, it was yeah. their Ubi days yeah. in Paris. Yeah, yeah. And we waited to see it at Ubi Days, it just no show. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, we were right again. It's basically what we're saying. So E3, so we've got Alan Wake. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing Alan Wake. I know that <laughs> I know that it's been vaporware for the past uh, uh you know, couple of years or whatever, but I'm just really intrigued by it. I, I, I love the whole that, I think the fact that we're both big Stephen King yeah, fans probably helps. We're the biggest Stephen King fans in the world. Yeah. So uh, You're not the biggest Stephen King fans in the world. I just well, watched Desperation. Stephen King's Desperation. Freaking out. Is that oh, the no, mini, Desperation is that the mini was series? good. Oh no, what? Yeah, it was enjoyable. It with tailed Ron, off. With Ron Pillman. Yeah, it Pillman was is it's the evil oh. sheriff dude. Yeah, but they got rid of him halfway through it. Yeah, because... That um, was a Backman book. I know why it? they got rid of him, but... No. Wasn't was it? No, Desperation it was like Stephen yet? King. No. It's the one with... Um, uh, who's the guy who played Jesus Christ in The Last Passion? Jim Kaz... Oh, Kaz, 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 Kaz it's like Maggie. Predator meets Vikings with that sounds, Jesus. That sounds amazing. It is. <laughs> it was really it. good. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Um, which was the one... Which is the Stephen King book then when he's... With the... 
um, he wrote as Backman, which is it wasn't Desperation one the of regulators. regulators, which was one that tied up. With, there were two that kind of tied up, wasn't there? There was a Batman one and a Stephen King one that tied. Oh, what is it called? You're not thinking of something like the Running Man, um, <laughs> no. the Talisman and Black House, which was Stephen King no, and Peter no, Strap. No, no, no. Um, I'll remember later. Anyway, anyway, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, to Alan Wake because I think it'll just be. Was that the one with the vampires? What was it called? No, Stephen it was King? one uh, with the, uh, set on like a highway. It opened up on a highway, and uh, there was a. I'm sure it had an evil sheriff in it, or someone stopped them, and it was because desperation starts like that. They're driving. Desperation down a road, evil sheriff, and then you got the evil sheriff pulling them over. I can't remember. I, I must admit, I had a sense of Stephen King deja vu when I watched Desperation. Though, I guess it's because so many elements are the same in so many of his books. But um, that was terrible. <laughs> it's a good book, and an all right miniseries. Oh, He's. I suppose the thing is, is it makes you appreciate what a sort of fertile imagination he must have. I mean, to to have a certain, there's always going to be a certain sense of deja vu because I guess authors always revisit certain familiar aspects. Yeah. He, he always writes about stuff he knows about. Like he always writes now, certainly after his accident, about some form of artist who's had a life-changing accident, mm. who lives in Maine John, Johnny Depp or in one? the Florida Keys. Secret window. Secret window. window. That, that was, was ass. That was shat as well. Yeah, that was ass. But um, but yeah, it must be. It must be. I mean, I don't know how many books he's written, but man, alive, that's a, that's good. Prolific great, in the word, is it? Good credit to. So him. yeah, so obviously Tim and I are approaching Alan Wake yeah. with the uh, with all this Stephen King history, it's just churning around, and we're thinking, how are we going to? Because I was going approaching him all with this Twin Peaks kind of vibe. No, because on the, on the um, there were rumours that uh, people had seen it and said that people inside Microsoft had seen it. Obviously, because it's going to form part of uh, Microsoft's um, conference. And uh, the rumour was that it looked really impressive and that it had a really strong Stephen King vibe to the point where it literally felt like a Stephen King novel. Mm. So the, the only thing that strikes me about it when I see like the videos and read all the details is that it sounds like it's the game Alone in the Dark was trying to be. I just mm. the way they talk about how light plays a part and the monsters and how it all ties together, it just strikes me as this is what Alone in the Dark was trying mm. to be, just on a grander scale. Yeah. And I, I think still, I still I still really like Alone in the Dark. I just really, really liked it. I played um started playing Fahrenheit last night. Oh yeah. Uh, another game I've been meaning to play for years and it was just something resonated about the controls and stuff right at the start. I thought it felt it reminds me of Alone in the Dark and I just thought I'm really, really in favour of I don't care about Alan I just want Alan Wake to tell a good story and be I feel like a really good solid mm adventure with a bit of horror mixed in i i don't think they need to you know reinvent the wheel necessarily but i don't know we'll see what they do i can't wait to see what they've been doing mm, no it's gonna be interesting to see um microsoft will probably also reveal forza 3 the worst kept secret in the world yep. <laughs> um maybe perfect dark xbox live arcade i think uh they'll show off their zune hd yeah um gizmo and that'll probably form a large part of it they'll really play up the integration with xbox live um, which I mean, looking at, it, I'm s- probably slightly disappointed. It's not a, a handheld gaming device which could just take all of your uh, marketplace games, all of your Xbox Live arcade games on the move. Because that, for me, would be really cool. If well, you isn't there an option for marketplace on there though? No, there is, but that I'm, I'm sure that'll just tie into Netflix and the right. videos you rent okay. and buy online, and um, would just be able to just make them portable. What I would like to see is say, stick banjo Tui, uh, hook it up by cable, mm. stick that on my Zune and then walk away and play it, you know, 
at lunchtime. I haven't in the seen office. this soon, HD. I haven't even heard about it. Is it? What's this? It was this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. It's so fiddly now. Still fiddly though to play. Is it going to be touchscreen or? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, it's not going to be able to do that hook up to the live mm -hmm. arcade because they haven't got the buttons, which to me just seems like a big missed opportunity. They could have gone down that route. Mm. But they are th that, I don't think that's the market they're aiming for. They're aiming for the old iPhone market. I've got to say, I, they're, they're going to have to go some to beat the old iPod iPod Touch. My uh, Mrs. Weaver got me an iPod Touch uh, as a little present the other day. And I'll tell you what, there it is, the iPod Touch. This is a nice piece of equipment. Yeah. And let me You're just right, uh, let me just show you something here. Uh, have you got you got a picture of me? It comes up when I when I text you. That's right. Oh no, no, that's not right. <laughs> no, but what I have got is some pornography. <laughs> just hear two women moaning <laughs> in a second as you play GTA that. lesbian uh, ringtone. <laughs> oh Tim. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it's uh, got some. Uh, it's got some songs that should never some, be heard in public on it. Is that, is that, your, is that a, oh right? It's not a phone, is it? No, it's just the no, yeah. It's just the old little Chico touch. Although I went out uh, on the weekend and tested out the Wi-Fi on it. I tell you what, it's a nippy little bit of Wi-Fi on yeah, this. Yeah, it's great. Really, really yeah, it's impressive. Great. It's really fast. Shame you can't get free Wi-Fi in many places. Well, I think I think the thing about just totally digressing. The, the reason the iPhone is so great is you get for the thirty quid a month or whatever, you get your free. You get your unlimited bandwidth. Yeah. It's actually yeah. amazing. Yeah. Revolutionised mobiles. Mike reckons that the speed, though, isn't isn't all that. But So, yeah. so what else would we like to... <laughs> in, in an ideal world, what else would we like to see at the E3 conference? Hmm. Um, Metal Gear 4 coming across. That would be nice. See how yeah. Kojima came out dressed as Solid Snake. Could have Susan Boyle stepping out of singing the Metal I tell you Gear what, no one's, no, one's, no one's missing anything with Metal, Metal Gear not being on the 360. I think it's just more a it's more a statusy kind of thing, and yeah. it's more like a because it's it's PlayStation's biggest exclusive, basically Metal Gear, isn't it? I mean, maybe Killzone can compete, yeah, but Metal Gear, but Metal Gear I think is the the number one, the, the daddy, and I think to get that it would be the ultimate lump of sand kicked mm. in Sony's face from Microsoft's point of view. Um, although I think it'll be tempered somewhat by the fact that Metal Gear 5 looks like it's going to be announced mm. pretty soon. It seems odd if they'd announced both at the same time. Yeah. I just wonder whether they're going to announce Metal Gear 4 and then maybe this, well, this expansion. And then then maybe Metal Gear 5 might also be 360, but maybe a timed exclusive uh, for PS3. So I, don't know. I think maybe Sony wouldn't mind Metal Gear 4 coming out if they've got the Metal Gear 5 yeah. character chuck it. They will look, you know, 360's getting Metal Gear 4, but you're getting the next The only one. odd thing yeah. though with Metal Gear 4 is it went to um, Platinum so quick for, for PS3. and that you, It's a funny game. And that, mean, They usually do that if they're trying to, like, the price drop must have come so that they could shift a load of copies because maybe they thought an announcement that it was coming to 360 was incoming and that they have to sell as many PS3 copies as possible before people say, oh, wait, I'll, I'll just hold up and get on 360. It's a funny series, Metal Gear, though, because you get so many people, like mass gamers, not, like, not the guys that go to forums and buy on Macs, but like casual gamers buy it just because it is so hyped and they absolutely hate it because... It's, it's so not so, a casual game. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely... It's such a labour of love and something you need to follow. Especially number four, it's just mm. the most... It's the intertextual nightmare. Like you've got to, you've got to be looking around all the time, listening to every word to, to get the full yeah. experience. I, I must confess that 
I, I fell out of love with Metal Gear after Metal Gear 2 because Metal Gear 2 was just it was just one cutscene after another or you're on your Kodak and it was you're just like, like you're not going to like fall then. No. Metal was, Gear 3 will, will make yeah. you fall right back in love yeah, with it right. Snake Eater is amazing yeah, brilliant right. game but, it, Metal Gear 4 has got so many beautiful touches I, I, can, I can't spoil them I don't want to spoil them but there's just so many it's such fun tell him what the end is <laughs> <laughs> It's such fans. It's the ending's a cop out, but it's such fan service, and you'll love it. Absolutely love it. It would be cool if they came, if four was coming to three sixty, but if they announced a massive like eighty quid pack or something, which had all of them, all four Metal Gear Solids. Have I said before that I heard from a Konami insider that the only reason it didn't come out on three sixty at the same time as PS three was all to do with the Blu-ray space, with the fact they couldn't fit all the languages, languages on yeah. the one disc, and they didn't want it. It would have cost them an absolute fortune to regionalise every single disc, and that was the only reason. I don't know if that's true, but it was from someone fairly high up. So. Mm. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise it me. It sounds legit. I mean, because there's no reason, really, that, they, that it shouldn't come out on, on 360, other than the fact that Kojima has come out and said he really likes the PS3, likes the, the hardware and the technology and stuff, and they've got a history of being with... Sony, but they'd make a crud load more money yeah. if they brought it out on 360. So it makes financial sense in these Especially uncertain right now, financial they, times. Know, everyone needs a bit more money. Yeah, exactly. So. You were, you were a big Kojima fan, yeah? Did you yes. play Snatcher? No, I well, have not. Well, you should definitely play that. Uh, also, you know Police Snort? There's a fan translation project. Not that I endorse it. That's <laughs> almost finished. That will hack the PS, you know, the PS1 yep. discs and let you play it in English. It's almost finished. I've been on a big PS1 uh, spending spree lately, actually. Oh, yeah. um, been putting in my bids for Toonby on eBay, which is... We were just talking about our eBay bids, weren't we? Yeah. I bought, you... well, I bought, the last two days, I bought, well, I bought three games. I bought Wing Commander 4, the Mark Hamill, Malcolm That is McDowell. terrible, that one. Yeah, I'm I'm not, no, what I've done that. is I'm going I want, to... I want, I'm trying to actually... What I, what I want really is just all the video sequences put together so I can watch it. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, the second one I bought... You could probably is... find that online somewhere. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I'm really disappointed. Oh, really? So I actually have to play it. I bought Omicron, The Nomad okay, Soul, yep. which is the David Bowie soundtrack, yep. uh, uh, Quantum Dreams, the Fahrenheit guy's first game. And I bought Barbarian on the Amiga with the Maria Whitaker poster. Oh, yeah, and Wolf from Gladiators. Uh -huh. Oh, Whitaker. Well, I've been putting in my bids for Toonby because I'm a huge Toonby fan. Toonby 2 fan, I should say. I've got Toonby 2 way back when on the original PlayStation. I've never stumped up the money to buy the first game, but I thought, right, enough is enough. I need to get this game. So I've been sticking down the bids for that. So hopefully I'll get a copy of Toonby at long last. So I've just got Klonoa on the Wii. That sounds like a very uh, similar. sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a nasty case of Klonoa. <laughs> and, uh, and I found a few, a few old gems in, uh, in my local game station at Lundra too. And um, what else yeah, do I find? Lundra. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh, I'll probably remember in a bit. Vandal Hearts 2. That's oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Vandal Hearts. It's all good rubbish RPGs, isn't it? Yeah, no I one cares love about a bit them. of RPGs. No one cares about them, Pellet. You're the, you're, the, you're the guy who loves Sacred 2. I do. I've been, oh, I've been playing Sacred 2 so much at home. Um, obviously, I reviewed it for, for us. I, I, I pride myself on, be, on finishing games for review. I must admit, Sacred 2... I got to the last boss, and the last boss is a bitch. I have been on that boss for frigging ages, and I found a way now that I think I can beat it. Because there are four giant machines, you fight one after the other. Ooh. And Sounds terrible. it started off that I couldn't even kill one, 
But I've got to a point, it's a bit of a spammy method, <clears throat> but I found a way to kill the first three and use almost no health potions. Uh, if, if I'm very lucky, one will glitch every now and then and I can just run up and hack away at it and it won't attack me. But that's only happened twice out of many, many tries. Um, so I found a way to kill three, but the fourth one always gets me. It's so frustrating because up until that point, like 16, no, 18 hours I'm on, the game has, hasn't been a problem. There's been the odd bit that's been tricky, but I've always been able to run away or use the odd spell that got me through it. But the final boss has just stumped me. I'm so close. Final boss. I just would have so, given so up. Close. I, was, uh, I, I recommended uh, Conan on the 360 for my bro. Because we're big, big Conan, Robert E. Howard fans. And uh, he had a ball playing it. But he had the same problem as me. When I was doing the review, I couldn't beat the final boss. <laughs> got so angry. I just told him. I was really proud of him. I just said, look, well, walk away. Just look it up. You've yeah. got, this is what YouTube's for. Yeah. You can see the, the ending sequence. Don't do it. You're going to spend like two hours. You might beat him. You're just going to have so much rage. Just, just walk away. I have to do it. I, I absolutely have to do it. I want to finish it because I just want to do it. I just so need petty, to. So, Pallet, no, one, no one's going to care if you. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just say you finished it? You got, you got like no. obsessive compulsive. This is. Yeah. I want really to finish. Worrying. I really like the game. I've really enjoyed Sacred Two for 18 hours. I just want to draw a line under it. Say I finished it, and I can start the evil campaign and play it all again. Has that ever happened to you before? Because I could never beat the final boss on uh, Prince of Persia, the Two Thrones. I loved that game. I thought it was really underrated. Absolutely loved it. But um, I could not beat the last boss. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I'm sure that he's never just, done it. Pellet's so skilled at games. <laughs> that it's never ever happened to him. It's like, every oh, game yeah. I've ever touched. Oh, you know, I've never, never ever had that problem before. I've always completed <laughs> games on my first attempt on the hardest <laughs> setting. I think it's a checkpoint thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, that it makes you suffer so bad to get to this point yeah. and then you just die instantly and you're like okay surely the developers knows that I've kind of got quite far yeah. and, and it's going to checkpoint it oh no you've got to like run for five I don't minutes like, I'm not a big fan of like end of game bosses I just think it's like a bit old school you know like games have games have come on such a lot in other areas I just think it's like a it's like a sort of oh I love bosses that's why I love Shadow of the Colossus so much 12 no 16 bosses in a row bosses Oh, no, see, that's just not my idea. It of... depends how they're done. I mean, yeah, I suppose. If, yeah. if it's way, I think Zelda's always had pretty decent bosses where yeah, each dungeon it gives you an item, and then that boss is the ultimate test of that item. Yeah. And it it just depends how 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 they design them. Really, I mean, most bosses are just grind fests, which are just yeah, annoying. which is what I hate. Yeah, but if if it is if the final boss. See, for me, the final boss of a game should be testing everything you've learned up until that point in the game. You have to utilise all of the tools that you've, you've gathered throughout, throughout your quest yeah. and use them one last time to defeat this boss, which otherwise you wouldn't be able to touch. That, for me, is the ideal boss. Yeah. Not someone who has the same two attacks that just spams over and over and over again. You have to keep popping health. and. Albert Wesker. Don't get me started on Albert Wesker. <laughs> I, thought oh, that was, I thought that was going to... I was going to lay I, down a massive spoiler then. I thought I was going to break old, uh, I, I love, old palette. Oh, with the AI. With the AI companion. Just overall. That, I, yeah, I love that. that. I just thought it was so funny. I, Resident 5 just went so camp at that point. Just so crazy over the top. It didn't I was just help. loving it. It didn't help that I... Because we were the first one to do the Resident Evil yeah. 5 review. And... I mean, usually when we... Almost every review we do anyway, if, if we do get stuck, it's our, we have to f work it out. We don't have anywhere we can turn to to find help. And um, Resi 5, I, I could have sworn on that final boss that it was broken because 
Um, what were you not doing? Were you not triggering the checkpoint things? Well, no, I, along I the... dropped down, but Sheva... I, I was playing quite quiet in the office, mm. and either she didn't a couple of times, or I didn't hear her for the first two times say, I'll oh, come over to the middle. So I always ran around the side, and I triggered the boulder QT. Yeah. This, for me, is like one of the worst piece of game designs. I triggered that QT with the boulder, which I could see would make a stepping stone. Yeah. And so I did that, and every time, it, as soon as you go down that path, you're dead. There's no way back. If you try and run back, Wesker will have blocked you off, and he will just knock you in the lava. So if you do the whole boulder thing, half the time... I'd be halfway doing the boulder and he'll knock me off. And half the time I'd get the boulder in and then I'd be trying to jump onto it and there was no, there was no button prompt yeah. and he'd come and knock me off. But because that boulder QT triggered, really I, I, thought, I thought that's well, because you knock it over because she then hops back over the boulder right. to come and get you, right? Uh, to come over and, and join you. So you really have to go in the middle and then when you're told, you have to go do the boulder. But the yeah. fact that you can do it straight away yeah. is just horrible horrible game design yeah. because it I, I could have sworn it was broken because you clearly have to do this thing but if you do it you die mm. and it was just so frustrating that they mm. couldn't just hold off on that mm. initial prompt for two minutes you know until you did the other task or two Ugh. yes that's my rant about Resident Evil 5's boss so um, thinking about what we uh, just thinking about other games that uh, quickly we'll go over a few other games that are out um, in the next couple of weeks that we've had in the office we talked a, uh, quite a lot about Red Faction over the last couple yeah. of weeks oh. that's like beginning of June well I was just thinking about boss spikes Tales of Vesperia was it bugging me with its boss spikes but overall I quite liked it, it oh nice Tales game. of Vesperia yeah well, that's yeah. like soon as well isn't it yeah enjoyed um, that that was funny watching you play that in the office Rob it, it's yeah it, it's probably not you know I think usually we're games are dished out on areas of expertise and, and although I do have a decent heritage with JRPGs yeah. and I played most of the major ones I haven't touched them for a few years I think it's something I don't know for some reason I, I appeal to me in my anime era of when I was about 16, 17, 18 and now I'm a bit older turning 30 this year falling out of love with them I've fallen out of love with them slightly <laughs> but it was really nice just to revisit them and, and, and to, re to remind myself that although well that some things don't change really and, and that's well, a lot a, a lot of things don't change in them yeah I mean it's like that that game looked nice. I mean, well, you'll better read Rob's review and I issue on sale June the, June the 9th. But um, it looked nice, didn't it? But it was so defiantly old school in, in, and not in a necessarily a good way. I know that it has its, has its fans and, and, and people who are like Matt, who are massive fans of JRPGs, will lap it up. But I just think that, that and it's we've touched on this subject many times before, but it's it's interesting how the the West has taken on the RPG and yeah. just pushed it forward in many 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 ways. Whereas the JRPGs kind but of it, but it's so interesting because I, I talked to one of our, our colleagues that does the disc, uh, Kim, and she she hates she just she's got the I know she had the Fallout um, three special yep. edition. I was asking her how she got on with it and stuff. She just said she just cannot get into it. But this is the girl who just if I say anything bad about a JRPG, she's like. No, freaking rah, rah, rah. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, it's so it's interesting to see how, yeah, but it's but yeah, from my point of view, it was just, um, it's like meeting an old friend, and and I think I mentioned in my review that the game is so it's not just so defiantly JRPG, it's defiantly loyal to its its yeah. roots as a series, the Tales series, and mm. it's, it, I think at this point in time, no one is they're not even making any concessions to trying to lure new gamers no. in, just like there's no real tutorials, it's just like, right, you either know this game. Or you're going to have yeah. to dive right in the deep end with the combat because we're not going to tell you anything I'm about it. I'm quite fortunate in the fact that I 
adored both JRPGs and Western J- Western RPGs, not yeah, Western, Western JRPGs. JRPG. <laughs> that, that special type of JRPG. <laughs> like my two, if I had to name um, probably my two favorite games on 360, one would be Oblivion and one would be Lost Odyssey. Like, really? I, I adore both games. Probably Oblivion a bit more so. But um, yeah, absolutely incredible player. And so different, you know, opposite ends of the RPG mm. spectrum. Lost Odyssey is the only one I fancy. Play. I've got about an hour and a half into it. I never ever got to see one of those vignettes though, that are so popular. Oh, that's, um, that's by far and away my favourite part of the yeah. game. The, the memories are incredible. I mean, I just sit there and watch them all. And Have a little cry. So emotional. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's all getting a bit emotional. Another <laughs> game um, I reviewed this, uh, this month um, was uh, Virtua Tennis. Mm. And uh, I think I've dished out a bit of a con- controversial review and I've got to admit, I was tempted to give it an even lower score than I did. Um, I just think it just hasn't... They finally added some online stuff this year, but I just find the game just utterly rooted in the past. I just... I just, I think I've got to the point, especially like with games like Pez, where it's just enough is enough. It's like, I just cannot keep apologising for the fact that it's just not really doing anything new. I don't think there's any reason for anyone to buy Virtual Tennis now that Top Spin 3's out there. I mean, Top Spin 3 is, is so far ahead of the game. Unless, I mean, I'm not fully up to speed with it, unless there's some sort of licensing, Pez, FIFA kind of thing going on. I think it's more to do with the fact that they're just t- totally different takes. They really are black and white different takes on the, on the same sport. I just never, ever felt that a virtual tennis felt like playing tennis. Mm. It felt like a felt like a video game. And I just, irri- that, as, as someone that actually quite likes tennis as a sport, it just really irritated me. And mm. I loved it. And I love virtual tennis one and, 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 and two, yeah. But I don't know, I just felt enough was enough and I had to make a stand. But I've noticed from the first reviews coming on the net that it's still getting like eights and nines and people saying, oh, it's still great and all that. I just think it, I'm not sure it deserves it. No. So we've had prototyping. We just prototype. Yeah, we'll just quick mention of Red Faction because we mentioned it loads. We did it, uh, we've reviewed it in our latest issue on sale June 9th. And uh, it's got a stellar score, much, much deserved. Mike's not here to talk about it, fortunately. Otherwise, he'd go off and went for about two hours about how great it is. But it is uh, brilliant, so if you uh, haven't pre-ordered a copy, you should definitely do so. Uh, prototype, yes. We had that in the office. Uh, in fact, Rob was playing it this morning for, for, for just a bit of larks. And, uh, and Matt Castle on Endgamer reviewed it for us. And uh, loved it. Yeah, thought it was great. Um, it's not... Um, I wouldn't say it's a triple-A game, but it's pretty comfortably under the... Uh, just under, sitting under there. It's very, very impressive. It's um, an absolute ton of fun uh, and ridiculously violent. And nothing like Infamous, which is, keeps getting... Because I've reviewed Infamous. Oh, yeah, this is an interesting discussion. Yeah, but Infamous, because you reviewed everyone, that for someone else. Everyone, and... uh, everyone just keeps lumping together. I can sort of understand sort of sandboxy worlds. You've got superpowers, all that kind of stuff. But um, trying to describe Infamous to Matt, and I think... I sort of coined the fact that it feels like the jumping of... Um, the platforming of uh, Uncharted. Uncharted, yeah. Um, whereas it, whereas prototype is absolutely do anything, go anywhere, kind of like rah rah rah, charging up the side of buildings and that kind of stuff. Whereas infamous, you're more kind of. See, for me, your I way. found that that aspect of infamous far more interesting than. Um, I, I should say, was it on the podcast we talked last about prototype. Yeah, it was, and I said at the time I wasn't that interested in it. Well, since then, I've I've reviewed it for somebody else now, so I've I've had to play it, and uh, yeah, it turns out that it is really fun. It is really enjoyable. It. I still think, you know, to start off with, 
it feels like quite a bare, soulless world where you can just do anything and it's a bit bland. But as soon as the story really gets rolling, as soon as you start getting your superpowers, it really hits its stride. It becomes See, a that, fun game. That's where I am at the moment. I'm, I, but I've jumped in sort of halfway. Um, and I, I'm not enjoying it. I'm finding it kind of, you know, there's amazing stuff to do and stuff, but it's, it's quite bland. Infamous is... Infamous has got some dodgy missions and stuff, but um, it's got more character than prototype. But I, I think, again, it's impossible. So you can't even compare them. I, honestly, there's about as much relevance in comparing them as some reviewer compared it to Crackdown. Uh, Infamous to Crackdown, that's, that's not similar. And I don't think prototype is similar to Crackdown. Infamous seemed a bit... Um, it looked really nice, by the way. It looked much nicer than prototype. But then prototype seemed to be doing more with its world. Um, You've got more powers in terms of... You know, in pro, I don't think I've ever played a game uh, like Prototype where you feel like so much so of a freaking yeah. suit empowered badass, basically. But um, Infamous seems to sort of guide you a lot more. Yeah, that be fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I know that um, I know that uh, a lot of this has some fantastic reviews. Infamous elsewhere, although PSM who sit next to us <laughs> yeah. aren't big fans of it at all. I gave it um, I gave it sort of just over the mid eights uh, where I reviewed it and. Um, and in retrospect, maybe it was a tiny, tiny bit kind in it, but I really liked it. I think it's it's good, and I and I'm all for championing first party exclusives as well. I, I just I just think the PlayStation hasn't had a game like that and needed it, and and it's uh, I don't think people are going to be disappointed with it at all. Um, Prototype also looks great. Really looking forward to to playing the whole thing of that, and um, I'm really glad that they both turned out well. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really pleased as well because I mean I chatted to the guys at Radical quite early on. In fact, I was one of the, lucky enough to be one of the first people to see Prototype in, uh, you know, a couple of years back now. And uh, they're such nice guys at Radical. They're like really, yeah. really passionate about yeah. their game and like really, you ask them any question and they'll answer it. You know, it's not like the old "oh no comment" or "we can't talk about that now" or with this or that. You know, all that rubbish we sometimes have to encounter in interview stage and. But they would really just, the guy I chatted to just talked about it and I talked and talked and talked. And we've also done another interview recently with uh, with the exec producer on it who just, again, talked and talked and talked and talked. And it was, it was a brilliant interview. Well, we all felt terrible because we did focus, sort of focus group testing on it um, last summer in Mallorca. And uh, I think a couple of us were, were kind of claiming credit for almost... We depressed them so much with our damning indictment of it at that stage after what they've been showing us mm. the first footage that, you know, we almost felt like we, we, we got them to have another look at it because we were like, you can't promise all this and then show us this and keep saying you're taking stuff I think that's part of the reason why it went under the radar yeah, for so long. we were long. really worried about it. Yeah. It the just... middle part of last year, it went all quiet and... They took out the co-op mode. Yeah, it was literally and from then, that time that Rob and other mags went out to see it in the summer last year up until January this year. Nothing. Didn't yeah. see anything from it. And uh, when we chatted to uh, Tim Benison, who's the uh, executive producer, we said to him, uh, "Where's it been?" And he said, "We basically just took it back to the, took it down. We didn't want to talk about it anymore. We just wanted to play test it and play test yeah. it and play test it and play test it until it was until it came out, you know, and was." Uh, uh, and was fun, and that's what well, it is. It's good, and it adds to the throng of games that you worried about because they disappeared for so long, like Prey. Mm. Alan gives me hope for Alan Wake. Yeah. Maybe not so much more for Duke, Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever, yeah. Oh. Man Alive, that is one. What a mess up that is. But, I mean, it's good that the Prototype, they were happy to extend its, its release date. I mean, yeah. that must be so disheartening to work on a game 
and the approach, the release date is looming and just knowing that it's not a good game or thinking that it is and then people coming yeah. in and saying your game doesn't work but isn't it, it amazing how often it happens Max there was that there was a, <laughs> I remember writing a snippet for last issue about um, Gotham the last Gotham game and the producer was saying that Microsoft put enormous pressure on them mm. well didn't put enormous pressure on them just basically told them look sorry you know we said that we wanted it to come out I don't know there we actually want you to make it six weeks quicker and they're like all of a sudden it's like we can't do that yeah, yeah. and so the game's not what it could be and especially because crazy. crunch time a lot of the time is sort of last yeah. eight weeks or whatever you know just mashing yeah. it into a into what appears to be a game i mean you if you did that to someone like i remember a couple of years i think grow one i think it was it might have been grow two anyway one of them they brought into the office about Two months before it was due, due f- to you know to be finished at the developer, and it was an absolute mess. Everything about it was a total mess. I mean, visually it was a mess. It glitching around. The missions were all over the place. You know, it's just and you were thinking, how the hell are they going to pull this together in two months? But they did, yeah. and they pulled it together big style as well. well. And you know, imagine if they'd done if that had been the case with that team. Then it's like. But Ubisoft said you've got to get it out six weeks before. I mean, it would have been a shambles. Well, Ubisoft games, that always happens with them. Um, we're doing making ofs in the magazines now. And if you flip back to the issue before, the last issue, I think it was, um, Mike did the Far Cry 2 making of, and it turned out it was about four weeks before they had to submit their finished code. That um, It was only then that they'd put the game together and found out like that, how long it was yeah. to play through, because up until then, it was just bits and pieces scattered around mm. the office. That game did turn out shite, though. Far Cry 2, don't talk rubbish, Rob. <laughs> don't like it. Don't talk rubbish. That's one of my favourite games on the console last year. It's brilliant. It's got its problems, absolutely. But, oh, I loved it. That was really Don't you like it then? I, I personally don't like it, but um, yeah, listen, I, each their own. Just didn't like it. A good. That was a good making of that, because he was really honest about it and kind of like about the problems they encountered and about how... He, he sort of answered some of the criticism, because it has split opinion, that game. Yep. I mean, like... You well, and Mike, here yeah, we go. I mean, you and Mike Rob, think it's amazing, whereas Rob's sort of from the other. I think other the side. shooting's great. I, I don't want to get into it. I just, think, I think the shooting's absolutely amazing, okay. but um, I don't, I don't like the, the mission structure that much, and I don't okay. feel it's got much character as the game. I think I, I'm all about strong narratives. That, that's that's my raison d'être as a as a as a gamer. See, for me and Mike as well, it's like the world we we live yeah. in. We want to spend time in there, that's and, fair and enough, for right. that, Far Cry Two is just fair above. I think I would say anything on the console. Assassin's Creed 2, uh, Assassin's Creed the first one, sorry, is pushing up there in terms of the world it creates and GTA 4 as well. But Let me tell point. you uh, something before we move on to questions, that if they don't announce Hitman 5 at E3, you will turn into I'm, Hitman. I'm going to go on Asian some sort of rampage. Going to shave your head, get the, get the old piano wire out, the I don't give gloves. a rat's what? ass what? about mini ninjas. I don't Listen to me, Io. I don't care about mini ninjas. I don't care about Kane and Lynch 2. I don't care about those games. What I care about is where's my Hitman well, Five? Do you, remember, do you remember? Do you remember that dizzy PR type we never heard about from the consumer press rang us up oh, a year yeah, ago yeah. and mentioned going over to IO to see the new Hitman game? Yeah. Well, that was a year ago. And then when they found out, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh no, sorry, you're not supposed to be <laughs> that invited. Like a, that was like a year ago now. Every month we got in touch with them and said, when can we see Hitman? When can we see it? And just nothing. They're, I remember. I remember doing? spending a long time specifically kissing a certain PR 
guy's ass just because we I wanted us to get the exclusive on it. And he means He's literally going, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kissing a PR guy. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's, he's moved on now, hasn't he? Fucking idiot. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, so anyway. I, I think we will see something. They Thief's another game I want to see something for. They better know. They'll, they'll do something on Thief, Thief at, um, at E3. Although it's they're going to kill Deus Ex. They'll kill Deus Ex. <laughs> Let's have some questions then, Pallet. Okay, we've got Robin Java. Um, who's Hoodie's biggest fan? Yeah. Um, yeah I'm but, Hoodie's biggest fan. No, Hoodie's an idiot. <laughs> Hoodie's a legend. He says, um, do you reckon that Capcom will ever redevelop any of the past Resident Evil games for 360 like they did for GameCube? No. No, I doubt it, unfortunately. No, that, um, that Resident Evil 2 gun shooting thing, he looks good though, doesn't it? On the Wii, yeah. Um, First one was quite good, I like that. I'll tell you what though, I'll tell you what, what, let's try that again, what wouldn't be a bad shout is um, Silent Hill's been redone for the Wii. Yes. It'd be cool if they brought that on. On live, like they like you know, rare doing with banjos, although it's not especially there especially with the motion control. If Microsoft bring one out and yeah, it all fits cool. in, and yeah, or just I'd like to see like PSN and getting a lot of classic PS1 games. I'd like to see more old games, especially PS1 games that the Xbox never got. Contra game out on WiiWare, <laughs> yeah. But imagine if if like Capcom did just release straight out the the first three Resi games or yeah. you know, Silent Hill one and two just appeared on that'd be really cool, yeah. So. They don't seem to do. I mean, I guess I guess the problem is is that pl- uh, PlayStation has got two generations of stuff, you know, whereas Xbox Plus has it's just got, got the um, the actual in- insides of the PlayStation. Like they were, they're yeah. so similar with all the backwards compatible. Yeah, software, the first but... generation of PS3s did. Yeah, sorry, not not so much now, but yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, I think it might be a harder job to get over to 360, yeah. but. There are a lot of games that still people would buy. Mm. Like, well, they were ported over for GameCube, weren't they? What, they Re- were, Resi? Yeah. Or? yeah. Yeah, no, they were, yeah. Yeah, but they came out on N64 originally. They they rebooted them all for N64. Uh, no, only two came out on Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 2. The first Resi didn't. What, on, on N64? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, Resi 2 and Resi, Resi 3. 3, was it? 3 didn't was it go across, I don't believe. No, they it did. Was, they, they, I think it was three. Did three go over? They were, they were, they were criticised for being fairly crap, weren't they? Yeah, they were, it was definitely Resi 2. He, he, there was Resi yeah, 0. Because the N64 couldn't do the, um, couldn't do the, couldn't do the pre-render backgrounds yeah, well. Oh. Was it Resi 0 on N64? Zero was GameCube. No, Zero was GameCube. Oh, right, okay. Zero is quite good. I thought it was just two because sure GameCube were... had Zero and then See, one sure remake sure and then was... two and three originals. Which was the one with... Which is the one? No, that wasn't that. It was Dreamcast. Oh, I'm getting confused. <laughs> Which is the one with Jill and um, Resi? Three and one. No, what was the Jill one? Jill had one and three. Was she? What was the sp- this one that wasn't titled a number but was like... Code Veronica. Code Veronica. Code Veronica. No, no, that was, that was Dreamcast. Chambers. That was Dreamcast, wasn't it? That was. It? Yeah. That, that was originally Claire. came out in Dreamcast. Claire, 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 and then Code sorry, Veronica yeah. X came out on the PlayStation 2. Don't get him started. I'm getting a bit confused here, so I think it's I'm rubbing my thighs. Think about <laughs> uh, let's move on. Randy Tandy, he wants to know, since there's a Jack the Ripper game coming our way, what other historical events slash time periods would we like to see replicated there's in games? There's a Jack games? the Ripper game on the Amiga. It's this really is, good. This is interesting, because last issue, the issue we just sent, we did a... Um, get to know Sherlock Holmes versus... No, no, no. Oh. We did a last word on oh, right, sorry, what, yeah. uh, what hit period, period of history we'd like Victorian. a game to be set in. Um, for Assassin's Creed 3 yeah. Victorian history well I said uh, yeah. the Industrial yeah. Revolution yeah which because or sort of a bit steampunky if you look at what Ubisoft have been saying like the first one was the Crusades then for Assassin's Creed 2 they looked at the next big 
you know, tipping point for, for humankind. And it was the Renaissance. Um, so the next... The Do you mean the Renaissance? The, the Renaissance, the Renaissance. Same difference. Mario. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be... I'm, I can't remember. So why. I think the next big, big event yeah. what about, well, the in- seems to be the Industrial Revolution. Well, what about the Enlightenment? With Descartes and the tea rooms in France and all that. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's, that's, well, that is the next big tipping point. Does anyone want to talk about 24 seasons? Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, the no, French, Victorian sounds great. The French Revolution idea that was kicking about for two, it sounds quite interesting, like yeah. some of the things they could have done. But I just think Industrial Revolution, like swinging around the rooftops of Victorian London with you know, big, massive chimneys pumping out smoke. and It's a bit phallic. <laughs> just the way you like it, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quite cool. How about you guys? Anything else? Any? Uh, well, I was desperately periods? thinking while you were uh, I, I, about the colonial era. Well, that's what I put in the in our last word thing. I put colonial Africa because I think I'm really fascinated at that point of time. You know, I think it's just a a really interesting time, just because this they they went to this continent where they which they knew nothing about, and they suppressed the people, and <coughs> the white man basically shat all over everything. I just thought it would be quite an interesting... Neo-Nazi killing spree game. No, what I was saying actually was uh, was it would be interesting if you played an assassin or if you played an assassin from like an ancient tribal kind of point of view and they were mm-hmm. using their using their relatively um, low-key uh, weaponry against the might of the sort of colonial yeah, power. That sounds cool. Well, I, I, I like the spin on that. I like the old Southern Gothic kind of thing, Memphis, the bio, bayous and all that kind mm. of like the big plantations and all that kind of stuff and that would be a really, really heady sort of uh, setting. I'm liking the whole um, Fallout 3 type setting, the American Dream and yeah. like, a few games have, have taken that recently. Yeah. It'd be well, the, the Wild West is another one that I love and is underused and Call of Juarez again shows that you can take a fairly average game and as long as you give it the proper treatment in the Wild mm. West it suddenly becomes great you're looking forward to Red Dead Redemption then oh man yeah oh, is that your game is it it's one of my yeah it's definitely on the radar on the Taylor radar is that, is that resulting in a crotch earthquake it is yes right I'm going to limit your time for this but it says Marvellous G it says seeing as though Rob's back can you please entice him back onto the podcast for a 10 minute lecture on LucasArts <laughs> point and clicks LucasArts point and well, clicks the reason I added this is because I thought it would be worth talking about Secret Monkey Island yeah which is rumoured to be coming to yeah I just, I just I, it's such a, I thought long and hard about this I just don't know what they're going to do with it I mean have you do you guys you obviously more in the know than me these days I mean is there anything do you know if it's going to get a, a treatment the HD uh, I, I, I fired a load of questions to Activision who said that they couldn't possibly comment at this point in time I'm I, 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 I tell you what I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't slightly concerned about how all this might turn out because I think part of cult appeal of Monkey Island is the fact that it I don't know it's just the way it looks and sounds and I think I'm very protective about it. Matt Castle voiced the same opinions, but for me, my point of view is I have been wanting to play Monkey Island for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely desperate to, but I haven't been... I, You know, I don't go downloading games or anything. I haven't been able to get one. I, I can't get a copy. Um, sure, I can't an buy... Amiga. I can hook you up. I've got one. <laughs> no, no, I've got a real copy of it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll play it and I'll laugh at everybody else. Yeah. But no, seriously, there are loads of people like me out there who hear everyone go on constantly about how great Monkey Island is, but just don't have the opportunity to do it. So, so well, even if it's an inferior port, it just 
opens but up. But another thing it scares me for about. Lots another of thing it's not me. as good as you remember it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just see, not as good as you remember it. See, I um, I, well, I played Monkey Island relatively, both Monkey Islands relatively late, because everyone at my school talked about how amazing Monkey Island was, and I, when I got an Amiga, um. I think I played Monkey Island 2. The yeah, the 13 one. disc Odyssey. Yeah, and it was so many discs that that t- sucked away some of the yeah. enjoyment. I was saying this in the office the other day about uh, Fate of Atlantis, which is, of course, packaged with... Um, the new Indiana Jones The new Indiana Jones, Jones game, game on, on, Wii. on Wii. That was also... That, my enjoyment of that was sort of, sort of also tempered by the fact that it had a million discs and you yeah. had to... You were on one screen and then you'd let, leave that screen and it said, please put in disc seven. And then you'd be like, oh, bloody Those hell. are the days where you, you could And you'd afford... miss something on that screen, so you had exactly. to go back. But they, were the, but they were luckily the days where you could where you only had like one game every six months, and therefore yeah. it was actually boosting the longevity of the title. <laughs> that you what's uh, what's Fate of Atlantis supposed to be like on the, uh, on the Wii? Well, I asked Matt about that, and he yeah. hadn't seen it yet. So oh, right. I don't know, because that, that might go some way to showing how... I mean, I was also saying about how on the Wii Homebrew channel, which, again, I don't endorse or anything like that, you can actually get all these games up and running versus via scum virtual machine yeah. uh, and they all work beautifully with the, mm. with the Wiimote and stuff I don't know because some people are going like you know why don't you just use Curse of Monkey Island which is Monkey Island 3's visuals give it that kind of overhaul but so many Monkey Island fans don't really see 3 as part of the, the true canon right. because so many of the original team weren't on mm. it and they see it as an inferior game to Monkey Island 1 and 2 so it's, it's, it's going to be a purist nightmare again it's going to be who do you cater for? Who's going to download it? You know, is it just going to be the yeah. hardcore? Is everyone? Are you going to try and make it more viable to, for everyone? Well, why not have it um, like some of the recent Namco games where you've got a switch which you can flip between old yeah. and new, so you can have the original totally untouched, then you've got a polished version mm. which like overlays the background. It's completely redrawn. They're obviously going to have to upgrade the scum the scum engine itself, yeah. like the command line interface. They hadn't the Monkey Island days done the right click thing where you could say there was a door. You'd have to actually go down to the bottom to open the okay. door. Whereas in the later ones like Day of the Tentacle, I think even Monkey Island 2 had it, you'd right click and it yeah. would do the automatically do the most obvious. So you mm. wouldn't want to pick up the door, but you'd want to open it so it'd automatically open it for you and stuff like that. So I don't know. So I could talk about this for years. So Finally, Kezi uh, MCC wants to know where are all the game based items for avatars? Like uh, she wants to kit up her avatar with the radiation suit from Fallout or. Guitars from Guitar Hero and stuff. I think all that's super gay, so I'm just not going to say anything about it. You should love it then. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting <laughs> that they haven't done this. I'm yeah. sure they're going to talk about it in yeah. E3 because avatars are a big part of their, uh, you know, their plans for the future. And they keep saying that there will be so many avatar-based games and they haven't materialised yet. That... I'm guessing the problem with it is that what did what did he or she say? The Fallout uh, Three C. Like, yeah, the radiation for Fallout. Suit for Fallout. I, I guess the problem with it is, is that they a have to get sign off from the 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 developer in question uh, in terms of the rights for it, and b someone has to design this suit in order to put it on an avatar. And I bet at the moment that's not written into the the development schedules for any of the developers. Yeah. And I know it's a small thing, but it's another thing to add to the. And I imagine that it's probably not been. What they need to do is they need to, as part of a contract signing on 360, is that they have to develop maybe a couple of um, suits. Yeah. From, from, the, from the way that they've embraced uh, that kind of stuff, though, I think the developers would probably be mostly on the side with it. Yeah, they? absolutely they would. Yeah, oh, it's all, I mean, if, you, if it costs money as well, I mean, which pr- presumably it, it would, would do, yeah. you know, I mean, it's all, it all ends up in the developer's pocket. I'm just guessing that Microsoft have said all these things possible, haven't really 
sat down and written out a plan for it to be put into effect. Mm. Like they've got all the um, the prime time games, you know, the one versus hundred games. So it'd be really cool if everyone had their own game base, like their Halo helmets, their yeah. recon armor, or something, while playing one versus a hundred. But no one's sat down to, to each developer. Right, we've got this opportunity for you. You can have your game advertised essentially by by gamers if you do this and they they haven't thought about going about it that way at the risk of sounding quite derisive and unoriginal there's also the, the fact that they've you know they've brought these in now and they've they've put them to bed and everyone's kind of really enjoying their avatars that now if they do announce this wemo imagine you know rival i imagine they're also going to be you know rolling out alternatives to wii sports and stuff and those mm. avatars are a great fit in there yeah yeah they got a gimp costume no, yeah, no. I've, I've asked, yeah, yeah. many times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's it, Rob. Thanks for joining us, and uh, and uh, don't come back again. Uh, no, but do come back again. Obviously, oh, I'm sure the readers love hearing from Rob. Um, what are you what are you up to next, then, Rob? You're uh, you're on the mag for a couple of months, and you're off travelling, aren't you? Yeah, well, unfortunately, sadly, men's health went a bit sour owing to the old uh, credit crunch, but. Um... While I'm waiting whether to see whether they get the stinking thing up off the ground again for later this year, I'm uh, I'm I'm off to uh, North and then South America for a bit. Very nice. A bit of drug dealing down there. Yeah, I'm gonna. That's my yeah. Baron him, Rob. Him poor drug Baron. Yeah. I don't can't decide. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, as usual, uh, do write in with your questions and uh, and uh, letters. We 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 definitely would like some more letters. Uh, there's prizes in the offing for good ones. Um, but yeah, email into xvw at futurenet.com. Uh, you can also uh, see us on Twitter along with how many others, uh, Matt? About 1,300 and something. 1,300 at Xbox World 360. Uh, and, of course, uh, there's our blog in our forum and that kind of thing, so make sure you post questions on there. Keep up to date with polls such as, is Hoodie the unsung hero of Xbox World 360? <laughs> Answer no. no. Um, and our new Free issues on... the side of to every... Uh, homemade side of to every... That's right. Votes, yes. Our uh, new issues on sale on 9th of June. Uh, and uh, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. <laughs>